0: You're listening to the Leave Inside Out podcast, and I'm your host, Tux Arotere. This is episode 24. Thank you for tuning in to the Leave Inside Out podcast, where we believe you can create the life you want. Episode 24 is Counterfeit Results, How the Concept of Alignment Can Create the Wrong Outcomes. Hello, my friend, how have you been? I've been thinking a lot about seasons lately and, you know, just how remarkable the idea of having different seasons and climates and weather patterns is. Can you imagine having just one steady climate throughout the year? No rise or fall in temperature. Every day you wake up and it's 22 or 23 degrees centigrade. The clouds are exactly where they were yesterday. The the speed of the wind is the same. No rain, just sun or cloudy or whatever it is, every single day. It would be like Groundhog Day. Imagine not having anything to tell you that (laughs) this is a new day. I know me. I'll probably just mix my days up. I wouldn't even bother counting. There'll be no tomorrow for me. It'll just be like one long today. (laughs) So we're in the swing of autumn in the United Kingdom, which our North American friends call fall because they like to simplify things a lot. The leaves fall. On the trees. So it's helpful. Don't know what my Australian friends are currently enjoying. Perhaps my friend Andrea can tell me. Andrea and I went to secondary school together, and she is the very first of my friends to move to Australia. So, Andrea, let us know. What is it like? So what time of the year is it there? What are you guys enjoying? How are you finding today? How are you finding this period that we're in? Do you celebrate the change in seasons or do you at least acknowledge it? Autumn is one of my, actually, correction, I'm sorry, autumn. Autumn is my favorite time of the year, which is a bit weird because I really love the sun and I even chase after it. I love its feel of the heat, the heat of the rays just burning my skin. Okay, I'm going to stop now. (laughs) It's not the weather channel. Today we're going deeper into leaving from the inside out, and you will hear the words brain, prefrontal cortex, body, spirit, and soul, amongst all the many, many words. And I interchange soul and mind because the soul is the container for our mind. So if I ever say soul, I'm also referring to mind and vice versa. In a previous episode, I think it was the one before, not the 23, probably 22 or earlier, I shared about how the brain searches for obstacles when you start out in a new venture. You see, the mind has a fight, flight, or freeze response, just like your body does. And it tends to happen when you step into a new or unfamiliar territory. Like starting a business, because it interprets it as dangerous, and you know starts to steer you in the opposite direction. Which is why we have to psych ourselves up to do certain things because your mind is telling you this is dangerous, don't do it, and it's trying to take you back to safety, which is opposite of where you want to be headed. So in this episode, we will explore a little bit about how the brain works. And with that knowledge, we'll explore or figure out together how to use it to play bigger, because that's what we're created for, to thrive, to do better, to grow, and not just to exist. We're created to soar like eagles and not potter around like chickens. So last week, we examined what it means to live from the inside out, and if you're behind I encourage you to go back and listen, because episode 23 forms the foundation of much of what we'll be speaking about, not just today, but pretty much forever. (laughs) In a nutshell, as much as I can squeeze into a tiny nutshell, inside out living draws from the understanding that your body is here to serve your spirit and not the other way around. Grasping this foundational truth will go a long way towards getting things done. I recently completed Mel Robbins' book, The Five Second Rule, and I recommend it because it's a good one. Mel had been going through a dry season in her life. She was unemployed. Her husband was having challenges in his business, and she just lost any zeal to get up and do stuff and you know just to even leave and no motivation to get herself a new job or do anything. Even getting out of bed in the morning was tough for her and we're talking full-on lasered around binge watching television while stuffing her face with food and at times neglecting to shower. I had an occurrence like that just this morning My alarm goes off at 4.30 and I'm usually awake a few minutes before it goes off. but not today, because this morning I hit snooze. Then I slept for an extra hour and woke up at 5.30, dozed off again and slept until 6.30 before I finally dragged myself out of bed. And it doesn't help that we're in duvet or blanket season. You know, and the fact that it also stays dark until later as well. So it was a struggle for me to get up. And if you had asked me, I would have preferred to sleep. I actually desired, longed to stay on my bed. Every time I hit the snooze button, I was serving my body, not the other way around. Because the higher part of me knows I shall be up exercising, doing my devotional, which is where I feed my spirit and my soul before heading to work to smash my goals for the day. My spirit knows to do that, wants to do so, but I submitted to my body in servitude by choosing to sleep instead. So one day Mel was lying in bed watching television Willing her body to get up when she watched a rocket be launched. Five, four, three, two, one. Blast off went the countdown. And she had an idea. If I can just get myself to blast off the bed the way that rocket did, I'll be fine. So she did the same thing. Five, four, three, two, one. And up she got. It worked. The next day, it worked again. (laughs) And the next, and the next. Today, that woman who spent hours lazing around is a sought after speaker and a best selling author. The principle works on the premise that when you have a thought or an idea, you have a five second window with which to act before you talk yourself out of it if your hesitation stretches to five seconds and beyond, you'll probably not proceed. So you've lost that chance, that opportunity to do it. Now, here's how our brain works. And this is the simple talks explanation, not the neurosurgeon's description. We spend about 40% of our day on autopilot. This means that we say and do things purely out of habit. We don't even think about 40% 40% of the things that we do every day. This is the brain's way of conserving energy because it doesn't have to learn a new neural pathway. Habits are formed when you repeatedly do the same thing, like taking the same route to work every day. Even cooking, boiling rice, like I don't sit down and think, oh, have I added salt to the rice? You know, you just boil it. Because you do it without thinking. And not much thought goes into whatever it is you're doing out of habit. And you can do it successfully with little concentration. The part of your brain that facilitates habit is the basal ganglia. But every time you need to do something new that requires thinking and planning and effort, you get to engage a different part of the brain which is a higher part of you, if you like, or a higher up, if you like. Uh, And that's called the prefrontal cortex. It's like being at the grocery store. And you know what it's like when the checkout girl is scanning and scanning and scanning. And then somebody just decides that they want a refund and she can't do the refund. She's got to press that buzzer, call her supervisor because it is more complex than scanning. So the prefrontal cortex deals with reasoning and decision making and all of that important stuff. When you think about counting, if I say count to five, you're going to count one, two, three, four, five, right? You're not going to do five, four, three, two, one. Nobody counts backwards out of habit. It requires at least a level of thought because it's a bit more complex than counting forwards. So when you do the five, four, three, two, one, go, you're engaging the prefrontal cortex, which then takes over makes a high level decision, not only in the counting, but in everything else you're doing, like get out of bed, go and exercise, have your showers, smash your goals. And so by doing that, you interrupt the basal ganglia's languid, if you like, or lazy process. And that's why the five second rule works because it it interrupts a normal pathway or a regular or neural pathway. So we've talked about spiritual and body in previous episodes, and one of the things that I mentioned was that we receive instructions from one of three avenues. One is our physical environment, and this shows up via conversations with others, reading material, listening to music, watching movies, books, or even just by osmosis. The presence of anything around us informs us without saying a word because it's being picked up or perceived by our physical senses. A second avenue for information will be your spirit. And this shows up as an idea that's birthed from your purpose because your purpose existed before you were created. And so the only part of you that existed before you you were created is your spirit, which is one with God. I describe purpose as a seed that has everything you are supposed to do on earth as well as all you need to carry it out. So that seed gives off ideas that ultimately leads us to what becoming the person God created us to be. And it can show up if you're a believer by actually hearing God directly. Now compare or think, I compare this to an orange tree. If you pick up an orange seed, inside that seed is everything it needs to become a tree. So inside your purpose, the seed of your purpose is everything you need to become who you were created to be. And as a bonus, I'm going to add that you actually desire to be that person too. So it's not some boring monastic thing that God wants and you find it boring and holy and you don't want it. You actually have that desire because the desire is wrapped up in the ability to do it as well. So our mindset is the third avenue. That's another source of information, or the third source of information. And mindset, what is mindset? Picture a layer of soil on the floor of your mind, and let's call that soil, I don't know, experience or a conclusion you have drawn from an experience you've had. Then another layer is added, and another layer, and another layer. And over time, those layers harden and become the surface that new thoughts grow from. So rather than your thoughts or ideas being, uh, rather than them being rooted in the floor of your mind, in your authentic self, they become rooted in situations that you have experienced over the years that have created a mindset so that even if you're no longer in that space or you're no longer in that situation, you will still have those thoughts as though you're in. For example, you have a child who, or an adult who grew up being told how dumb they were. That becomes a limiting thought or a limiting mindset or a limiting belief. And they might spend their whole life proving to themselves and to everyone around them that they're actually quite smart. And then they might get really sensitive if you ever say the word "oh, you're silly" amongst you know while you're with them because they think you're talking about them, and that's because the thoughts start to come again from the mindset. That's why when you have a conversation with someone, and they get offended over what someone else will they'll get offended over what someone else will call hilarious. I've been in that situation a number of times. You know, crack a joke, and one person finds it hilarious, the other person just freaks out and gets upset and walks off. It's because the thoughts that frame the words that they hear grow from an acidic soil, if you like. So our thoughts and ideas and information start to grow from this new surface, which is a a false surface, because it's not really who you are. And it's all well and good if that soil contains positive material, such as you being told repeatedly how beautiful you are inside and out by a loving parent. That's good soil. That's a good mindset. Because when someone dares to tell you otherwise, the positive thoughts from your healthy mindset will disregard what the person says because you know better. You're not even confused about it. Now, imagine if the soil is harsh, like being told repeatedly that you're silly or you're dumb or you're ugly. When you are given an opportunity to excel, chances are you'll turn it down because the thoughts from your mindset will assure you of your limitations so we can see how without anyone saying anything to you you have specific thoughts that spring up regularly that's just how it happens you know you don't don't always trace our thoughts to something we physically heard or spiritually received and when you can't do that chances are it's come from a mindset or a belief that you hold strongly onto. I get frustrated when I tell someone that they can do something, and especially in the world of business, or you can excel, you can thrive and do better in business, or you can even start a business or whatever. And they argue and show me how they're not capable of even learning. And I get it because we're complex beings. It isn't so black and white always. And there are emotional issues like a lack of confidence and the likes. But guess what? Every single emotion can be traced back to a single thought. So we're back again at square one. What is the source of your thoughts? There are two types of people. I find sentences like that actually quite weird because there are not two types of people. There are billions of types of people because we're all different, but we do love to categorize. But some people take things at face value while others tend to have a more suspicious mind. Either way, we tend to trust things more when we can feel as well as see it at the same time. Emotions intertwined with perception carries a heavier weight than merely seeing or feeling on its own. But just because you experience both at the same time does not make it valid. But we fall for that all the time. Let's take racism, for example. When we were planning to move to the state of Georgia My husband and I asked everyone we met. We went there to visit and to spy out the land and everything. And my husband and I asked everyone we met what areas we needed to avoid. We had already done our research, but we were looking for, I guess, confirmation from real humans beyond Google. Every black person told us to avoid two counties in Atlanta, the Atlanta area. Forsyth and Clayton counties because they were hotbeds for racism. And I struggle to understand why anyone will hate another human based on the color of their skin and nothing more. But when that feeling of hatred is aligned with a steady stream of biased news that paint black people as thugs and low lives, the racist person concludes that the hatred in their heart is justified and that the picture painted on their news station is the truth. It's the same thing. When a man tells a woman everything she wants to hear and she happens to like him, she is more likely or more inclined to say yes when her emotions align with his words or actions. And that's just how we're wired as humans. The trouble. <laughs> is that there are false alignments which create counterfeit results. Just because you watched on the news that black people are thugs and you have a disdain towards them does not make it true. And just because a man or a woman says all the right things and you have butterflies in your stomach and your heart singing when they're around, doesn't mean that they are the real deal. Sometimes it does work out that way, but a lot of times it doesn't. My point is that we cannot rely on emotions alone, perception alone, or even both of them in tandem. We need more. And your spirit, which is one with God, supersedes the information from your mind and your senses combined. Your spirit is the part of you that was alive first. It's the living, breathing part of you. And your body exists to house your spirit on earth. And even if your body dies, your spirit Mm -hmm. continues to live. Truth that comes from your spirit is what's reliable because you're one with God in spirit. And here's a brief recap of how Information is transformed into action. Remember the three avenues. Avenue one, spirit feeds your mind with an instruction. Your mind processes it and passes it to your body to take action. Avenue two, your mindset informs your mind. It is processed and passed to your body to act. And and finally, your body feeds your mind through books, conversations, etc., And your mind processes the information and then instructs your body to carry it out. I believe most people operate in the third space because we are sensory beings and we are constantly feeding our mind from the outside in. If you struggle to come up with ideas of your own and instead you keep recycling what's out there, it might be time to take a break from leaving from the outside in. There is more inside you because you're a creator. And that's what creators do. They create. But notice that regardless of what pathway you use, a result is always produced in the end. So ideally, our spirit should feed the mind because it is the most significant or the higher part of us. But the mind doesn't even care what it's fed. Your mind is not a decision maker in that sense. Its job is just to process whatever it has been fed with, and cause your body to act on it. But you have the responsibility to make sure that you're feeding your mind with healthy material. So what's a counterfeit? A counterfeit is the false result you get when the correct actions are taken. So I bought a wig online from a website that ended with .co.uk. It had a UK contact number and a UK address. (laughs) The wig arrived and I immediately realized that it came from China. Nothing wrong with that in itself, but I was turned off initially by the deception. Let's just get that out of the way that, okay, this is deceptive. And on top of that, it looked more like a fancy dress wig. It looked like a lawyer's wig. (laughs) This was a poor imitation of what they had shown on their website. I received a false result, even though on the surface, everything seemed kosher. Now, when you have a calling on your life to be a writer or a successful business person, and despite all your efforts, you're not producing the result, you might end up settling for a counterfeit. And this happens when your decisions are based on what you see on the surface. And I've talked about my business branding experience where I learned that a brand isn't successful because of what it looks like on the outside, but because of what's going on within that spills outside. Marketing, product quality, reputation, customer service, the passion of the owners, the vision, the direction, All of that stuff happens on the inside. Nobody else sees that. And when you make a decision based on how it looks to others, then you are taking instructions from the external realm. And when you make plans based on someone else's business or what they said they were going to do, you're doing exactly the same thing. Your decision should come from deep inside you. It should be processed in your mind and expressed by your body. Now, it's easy to make the mistake I made when everything lines up, like my wig website, the phone number, check. The website, yep, yeah. the address, mm hmm. Everything aligned to create a picture of a UK based company. My thoughts of this is a beautiful wig that my mother would love aligned with what I saw. This is a quality wig because it's a UK brand and They both combined and created the action of me making that purchase, which gave a result that ended up being a counterfeit. So when what you see aligns with what you think, it's easy to conclude that it is the real deal. As you know, by now, my Christian faith is fundamental in my life. So when I go through difficulties, I turn to prayer. I read scriptures of God's promises to me. And while I'm in that space of trusting and crying out to God, I'm good. Sometimes I even receive a confirmation. A dear friend might text me an encouraging scripture using exactly the same one I had just read when my Bible randomly opened. And I'm like, yes, thank you, Lord. This is a confirmation. Then I check my bank balance if I was praying for funds or I receive an email. The contents of which are the exact opposite of what I've been praying for. What happens? Doubt shows up because what I felt in my heart no longer aligns with what my eyes have seen. And at that point, I may draw the conclusion that God does not or will not answer my prayer. I may even give up trying and then change direction and do something else when really I should have pressed forward. And if I use, go back to our example of, a girl falling for a boy because he said all the right things. There is a part of us that, you know, we call it our gut feeling or our intuition. And we're like, I just knew something was off, but you couldn't put your hand on it. You liked him. He said all the right things. He looked good. Everything seemed to align. But because your heart wanted to hear what he was saying, And your ears actually heard it. You drew the conclusion that it was going to be okay. And you overrode that pathway of intuition and went ahead and did what you want. And then you ended up with a false result. You see, this natural human need to come into emotional and physical alignment can cost us if that's what we consider as truth. We're out of time. (laughs) But next week, it gets even more interesting because we will learn how to use the knowledge we've gained today to interrupt a process that's destined for a false result. We'll also learn how to create situations that align so that you can get the result that you want. But before you sign off, can you please do two things? rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening. And two, share this episode with a friend who gets it. <laughs> I'll say no more about getting it. Have an amazing week, my friend. Thank you for listening and let us continue to leave from the inside out. Talk to you soon.